The words of Jesus are recorded in Matthew 5, 6. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he promises, for they will be filled. So let me ask you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Because here comes your refill. Hello and welcome to Refill. My name is Brenton. We are in week two of a series called Be In Awe, where we just talk about one of God's characters and just be in awe of how great our God is. And today we're going to be talking about how God is just, how God's justice is worthy of our awe and worship. You know, God is the good and righteous judge. This is one of his immutable qualities. This is his unchanging nature of God's being. Psalm 89, 14 even says that his righteousness and his justice is the foundation of God's throne. And I wanted to start by quoting G.R. Lewis, because I think what he says is just completely pertinent to what we're talking about. He says this, God is distinct from and transcendent to all his creatures, not only metaphysically and epistemologically, but also morally. God is morally spotless in character and action, upright, pure, and untainted, with evil desires, motives, thoughts, words, or acts. God is holy, and as such is the source and standard of what is right. God is free from all evil, loves all truth and goodness. He values purity and detests impurity and inauthenticity. God cannot approve of any evil, has no pleasure in evil, and cannot tolerate evil. God abhors evil and cannot encourage sin in any way. And I just love that. This is so well stated. God is the source and standard of what is right. Now, if we were to look at a law that was unjust to begin with, then we would be in the right to say that making someone adhere to that law or even punishing someone who broke that law would also be unjust because the law itself was unjust. And so since we're determining God's justice by looking at his law and God's adherence to his law, then we need to be sure that his laws are in fact good. But thankfully, because God is good, we can trust that his laws are good as well. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. Paul in Romans 7 says that the law is good, it's holy, and it's righteous. So remember, God's laws are an extension of his being. Morality, truth, and justice are not higher than God. You know, they didn't just come out of thin air. They came from God. They are God because God is just. And so God doesn't answer to those higher authorities because he is the highest authority. And so because he is good and he is just, he adheres to his own perfect laws and is therefore a good and righteous judge. That's who he is. And so the Bible says two things about God's justice. The first thing it says is that his justice is retributive, which means that God will give consequences for sin. God executes a holy, righteous justice on those who break his perfect law. An example of this would be when Abraham is talking to God and God is saying that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's worried that some righteous will be destroyed with the wicked. And so in Genesis 18.25, Abraham says, Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. 
Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And God agreed. And he said he would not destroy the city if even 10 righteous people were found. And so what we can learn from this is that God is not unjust in his distribution of punishment. You know, he's not up there pushing this red button where it's just casting out judgment to everybody. That's not who God is. God is patient and he is long suffering. Those cities didn't become evil just overnight. And if you read the story, it was clearly a place that was rampant with evil. And a just God would do right to deal with a place like that because of all the injustices that were going on. God executes punishment rightly according to his own perfect standard. And that means that he is just. Acts 10.34, God does not show partiality in judgment either. You know, he doesn't allow social status, your financial status, your gender, or other things like that to cloud his judgment. He is fair and impartial, which means he is a perfect judge. He is just. Romans 12, 19, Paul says that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And I think part of the reason this is good is because God is the only one who can see the full picture. You know, if he dealt out justice according to our standard or our feelings, he wouldn't be just because we don't know everything. So the fact that God bears the burden of punishment means that he is just. And so this is, this is God's retributive justice. And so the second thing that the Bible says about God's justice is that his justice is restorative. He seeks out the vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of, and he advocates for them, and he desires them to be treated with dignity and value. You know, it's part of human nature to take advantage of people, to take advantage of the weak or the helpless or the less fortunate in order to elevate ourselves. This is human nature, but God is not pleased with this. This is not what he demands. And he demands actually that his people step in and speak for those people and, and treat them with love and show them God's grace. Zechariah 7, 9 through 10. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Leviticus 19.32, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. So God cares for the unfortunate. He cares for the helpless. He cares for the broken. And he does all of this because we're all created in his image. You know, I find it interesting that no matter what you believe, you know what injustice is. You know what is moral and what is right. And this is because this is God's image being made manifest in you. And I think it's pretty cool that we can, you know, albeit imperfectly, exhibit some of the perfect attributes of God like his justice. And so as image bearers of God, injustice bothers us. When we see a bully win or the bad guy get ahead at the expense of others, it stirs in us a passion to show mercy and grace and aid the one being offended. And so we as Christians should be just as he is and stand up for those who cannot speak, who are being taken advantage of. And so how can we be in awe of God's justice? And I want to couple this with last week's message. We talked about God's love. And if you couple that with God's justice, you actually get the gospel. You know, God's justice demands penalty for sin. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And as we talked about last week, God's love desires humans to be restored to fellowship with him. Now, God is completely just 
and completely love simultaneously. They're not parts of a whole. They're his very essence. He is just as he is love. And so how do you reconcile these two together? How can both exist perfectly and harmoniously in God? And again, the answer is Jesus. The offer of Christ as the atonement for sin maintain the reality that two attributes of God are being fully fulfilled and displayed. 1 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I hope this brings you peace and that you can be in awe of the beauty of who God is, how God is just, and how we can worship him because he is just. He is a good judge. Amen. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you next time.